listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. All right, uh, we have just finished, uh, thanks to Chris preaching last week, we finished our series through Romans. And as we ended the series, as you saw, we went through Romans. Uh, in the beginning, he was talking about the idea of right belief. And then at the end, he started talking about living those beliefs out. What, talking about what does the Christian life look like in action. Uh, he taught us that Christianity is not just about having the right beliefs, but also living those out as individuals and also in community. See, here's the thing. Following Jesus is not just some decision that you make in your life and then everything else just falls into place. It's a relationship. And like any relationship, it requires commitment, a commitment to live life in a different way, in a way that brings glory to God and dignifies those around us. And this ties perfectly into our next series that we're about to start today. As we move into the summer, and we already talked about this before in the announcements, uh, we have different rhythms, different routines. People are in and out of town. People are trying to take a break from certain things. School is out. Uh, in, in our church, uh, we, we have different routines. And then in our lives. But there are some routines that should remain the same in our life no matter what. If we want to grow in our faith and if we want to mature in our lives, these routines, and, and you can call them disciplines if you want to, are critical if we're ever going to have hope of change, making changes in our life and, and, and any kind of real transformation as a human being, if we ever want to really thrive in our lives. So let's look at our new next series today. We're going to talk about it. Uh, it, it has to do with what we call at Chelsea Prez, uh, the Habits of Grace. If you've taken the new members class, we've talked about these some. Uh, they're the disciplines that we are all to be about uh, in, in our lives. And so let's look at our passage for the day, and then we're going to talk about these things by way of introduction of the new series. 1 Timothy 4, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to that. If not, uh, it, as always, is printed in our order of worship. Verse 7b through 10 says this. Train yourself. He also uses the word discipline yourself. Train yourself for godliness. While bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds the promise for this present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of acceptance. For to this end we, we toil and we strive because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially for those who believe. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, take these words today. Uh, may we have the Spirit come upon us to apply these things to our hearts. Uh, may we see who you are through these things. And uh, realize that the Christian life is not one of duty, but one of love. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Uh, over the last few decades, uh, you've probably noticed this, we've seen a big emphasis in our culture on transformation. Uh, whether it's a show about homes being remodeled or renovated, uh, or television series on individuals getting a makeover, 
uh, or maybe the restoration of cars and trucks uh, or, or, or upgrading of, of cars and trucks. Uh, we are a culture that's obsessed with seeing the process of some sort of transformation from start to finish. Not only that, but we're also people that are fascinated by change. Uh, that, that, that we are people that are always thinking about it, whether, whether it's uh, getting in better shape physically uh, or getting help uh, to be more emotionally whole uh, or if it's just uh, you know things around us that, that like self-help uh, podcasts or, or videos to try to say how to become a better person or how to make big changes in our life or, or how to fulfill our potential as human beings. And these are not bad things. I mean, the Bible tells us to strive to live a better life, to thrive as human beings. That's what we were designed to do. We are a people that are to be about restoration and redemption and, and, and to be hopeful about our future uh, as human beings, uh, to, to have life and have it abundantly and, and be hopeful about the future around us. But the means by way, the Bible talks about how we make these transformations and these changes in our lives and the end goals most of the time look different than the world around us. And often, and here's the thing, I talk to so many people about this all the time, they're always looking for some big sign in their life or some big radical thing to happen in their life to make this, this, this spiritual or, or, or some kind of change in their life. But it's the simple things that God has given us to make these changes that we so often overlook and ignore. So when we look at our, our passage today, it's talking about the idea, uh, and, and we're going to talk about a few points here, of training yourself, discipline yourself to make the changes that God wants you to make in your life. Uh, and as we talk about this, we're going to talk about these disciplines or these habits that God wants us to develop uh, that will bring about deep-rooted, long-term transformation in our lives in a radical way. They're simple things, but in a radical way. Look back at our passage for a day, it says, Train yourself for godliness. Uh, or, or like I said before, the other, another word for that would be discipline yourself for godliness. While bodily training is of value, godliness is in the value of every way because it holds promise for this present life and also the life to come. And you see that verse 15 says, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that people can see your progress. So the Bible talks about here and it talks about in different places different spiritual disciplines that are to be a part of our lives, uh, such a big part of our lives that it actually become habits, things that we do habitually in our lives for the purpose of becoming godly in our actions, but also the purpose of becoming more of a human being and the purpose of thriving, as I said before, and flourishing as a person. In the weeks to come, we're going to be talking about these individual habits. What are these habits that, that the Bible talks about? Uh, and, uh, but today I just want to give you a few points by way of introduction of just the spiritual disciplines overall. First of all, the habits are interesting in this way. Uh, there's things that you do alone that, that are for spiritual development habits, and there's things that we do in community. You know, like alone would be something like solitude. You don't do that with others. Uh, community, we do it, uh, feasting, worship, those sorts of things, we do it corporately together. And then there's those things that we do in both places, like pray. We pray individually and we pray as a people. Uh, we read the Bible individually. We read the Bible uh, uh, communally. And so there's those things that we practice alone and then also with other Christians. Another thing about it, and this is the tricky part, they're actually activities. 
they're not attitudes that you have, they're practices that you engage in, they're things that you do. They're not character qualities in your life, they're not characteristics, they're not fruit of the Spirit, they're things that you do. Uh, for instance, you read the Bible, that's something you do. It's a spiritual discipline. You meditate on Scripture. Uh, these are activities. Now the problem is, with any other thing that you are called to do in your Christian life, is that you can make them an end in themselves. Meaning that you're doing them just to be doing them. Or doing them out of duty in your Christian life. Uh, you can do them like a Pharisee would. Of saying, look at me, I read my Bible every day. Or to think in some way that you're working your way into heaven by doing them. Or that you are actually, God loves you more because you read your Bible. Or that you prayed that day. This is where you can mistake what really is going on here in spiritual disciplines and you can do them with the wrong motivation because if they are done right, they're things that are done not to say this is about me, but in order to be like Jesus, but even more so to be with Jesus. See, and that's really, the, the main point today is this, that in the past, for 2,000 years, the church had some simple but difficult answers of how can I make changes in my life? How can I be transformed? But here's the thing that they, they never would say. You're not, you're not going to luck your way into being more like Jesus. You're not going to accidentally become more godly. I've never seen anybody that said, hey, how do you have such a deep relationship with God? And they say, I, I, I got lucky, I guess. Uh, or, uh, or man, you really have this Christian thing together, and people say, "Oh, yeah, it's just instinct." I've, I've never, I've never seen that before. Uh, or, man, I just heard this story about what God has done in your life, and you say, "Hmm, I don't know, by accident." No, no one becomes more like Jesus, and no one gets to know Jesus and our Father just by happenstance. It doesn't. You don't just fall into it in your life. Uh, if you didn't already know. Uh, and this year, 2022, the, the World Games, uh, have you seen the commercials or the signs around town that, that Birmingham's going to host the World Games? Uh, it's an 11-day international event, and, I, and I'm like, uh, maybe some of y'all were like, what is, where are the World Games? Like, is it the Olympics? Is it not? I don't know. But so I did a little research on it, and uh, it's an international event. There's over, over 100 nations attending it. Uh, by the way, a portion of the proceeds goes to the Ukraine this year. I'm just, just for FYI. Uh, anyway, the internet states that the World Games exist as a venue for sports, disciplines, and events like softball, racquetball, wheelchair rugby, lacrosse that are not contested or displayed in the, in the Olympics. So the, the World Games, you're going to see people coming and playing pool. Uh, you know, just games you wouldn't normally see in the Olympics. So if they're not doing it for the Olympics, and they're not really doing it for that international glory, why are the athletes doing it? For a little bit of recognition? Of course. But most of all, when you talk to people uh, 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 like this, uh, that, that compete on this level, it's for the love of the sport. They spend hours training, disciplining themselves, and thriving to be better for the love of the game. See, we don't develop habits and disciplines and all the things that we do in Christianity for no reason or in any of our life for no reason. We must have a purpose. We must have a goal. If you don't have a goal for the disciplines in your life, if you're not motivated by something beyond those disciplines, then it's going to become drudgery or duty or you're just going to start resenting it. 
And I've seen that happen in people's lives, even uh, with spiritual disciplines. As they, as they go through their life, and after a while, they get burnt out on, I don't want to read my Bible anymore, or it just seems like drudgery, or I'm not getting anything out of it, or I don't really see that. And I'm afraid that many of us don't really see real value in reading our Bibles on a daily basis and praying on a daily basis. And why is it? It's not because people don't remind you, uh, like me, don't remind you that those things are important. It's because we really don't see the end goal. We haven't really tasted the love of why we're doing this. So what is our end goal? When you're reading the Bible or, or praying or meditating or in solitude, all these things, what is your what is your end goal? I mean, and if you don't keep this in mind, you will never develop sustainable spiritual habits in your in your life. The goal of the spiritual habits that we're going to be talking to in the weeks to come that are going to keep us from seeing as duty and drudgery is that we are becoming more of a human being, that we will actually flourish and thrive as people because we're developing a friendship with God, a deep and long-lasting friendship with a God that will not let you down. And this will transform your life in ways that you can't even imagine right now. I mean, have you ever had a best friend that you spent time with that the whole time that that time was ending, you're like, I just immediately were trying to figure out when we could see each other again? Or a friendship that wasn't one-sided? Or a friendship that gave you oxygen instead of sucking the life out of you? How far would you go to help that friend? Don't you love helping them? It doesn't seem like a burden when you're in relationships like that. A, a friend that you knew that no matter what, that you can, they had your back, you can call them anytime. A friend that you knew would lay down their life. A friend that would die for you. See. That's the God that we serve. That's why he sent his son to die for you. That's, that's why we read our Bibles. That's why we pray. And everything else that we're going to be talking about in the weeks to come. Because of a friendship that God wants with us. That's going to be not one-sided. But fulfilling in a way of no other friendship that you've never had in your life. God is wanting you to get to know him in a deep and personal way. If you haven't tasted that. If you, don't, if you don't feel that love, if you, if you don't think about God as your friend, I would urge you to start thinking along those lines because that's the God that we are. It's like a good friendship. And if you haven't cultivated that in your life, you're really missing who, the, the essence of who God is and what he wants to be in your life. He's inviting you through all these things that we're going to be talking about, reading your Bible, praying, all that, corporate worship. He's inviting you to a friendship and to get to know him in a deep way, because he knows you in a deep way, better than anyone else that you will know, anyone else you will meet. Let's think about that as we enter a time of communion. Let's pray. Well, yeah, we, we are so thankful that we're not just on our own, and we're so thankful that Christianity is not a bunch of do's and don'ts that we do just to, to work ourselves in or out of heaven. Uh, but that we are in a relationship with you and these are means of you displaying and, and sharing your love with us. Help us in the weeks to come uh, to have an open mind. If, if we're not engaged in these disciplines, help us to at least entertain the thought that we would, we would uh, engage in these things just to see, to taste and see how good you really are 
and why you would ask us to do these things in your first place. Uh, Lord, help us during this time of communion uh, to contemplate on this, to contemplate on what your son did on the cross so that we could have this deep friendship with you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.